And now, our feature presentation. Hello everybody, welcome to another episode of Cinema Shot. I'm your host, Ben, a.k.a. The Marvelous Iggy, and Happy New Year, everyone! It's officially 2023. Hell yeah. New Year, same old us. Let's go. Let's go. Alright, so we are now in the tail end of our Studio Ghibli Marathon, and we are tackling possibly the... Watching the most, um, the old, definitely the oldest, um, Japanese folklore of all time. Uh, the actual tale is the tale of the bamboo cutter, but today we'll be watching the tale of Princess Kaguya. Now, Tyler, I'm going to ask you, what have you, have you heard anything about this movie? And even, the, I'm going to tell you this, even though you don't think you've seen anything on the tale of Princess Kaguya, chances are with the amount of Japanese media we've concerned, we have in some fashion consumed tale, the tale of Princess Kaguya. Um... Yeah, uh, right before we, uh, viewing this movie, um, I pretty much didn't know anything about the, sta- the tale of the bamboo cutter because I am an uncultured swine. And I could kind of see shades of it in the other media that uh, we've seen over the past years or so. Here's an, here's an example. So just to give a little intro, because this, like, this is like the most old, like Japan's like oldest story, right? This is like the... The one thing, and from personal memory, I remember hearing about the tale of Princess Kaguya, believe it or not, in an episode of, uh, no, it was the movie, it was the Tenchi Muyo movie, where for some reason they were in high school, uh, and back in time, don't ask, we'll watch those movies at some point, I'm gonna make Tyler watch those three movies, um, and they were talking about the tale of Princess Kaguya, so that's like the probably the first time I remember hearing about it. And then if you go to, like, the uh, the Tale of the Bamboo Cutter, like, the references, so different f- series um, have, or different things have sewn have, have it. So, like, um, uh, the big one I first probably saw, that without knowing it was, before Tichi Muyo was uh, Sailor Moon S, the movie, uh, in which case that's the one where a ice uh, uh, demon person is coming down and it's intertwined and the Tale of Prince Kaguya is titled with that. Um... Uh, Okami is has takes inspiration from that. Uh, the, apparently, there's something in Persona Four Golden. Um, Pokemon Sun and Moon. The Ultra Beast Celestia is a reference. Is based on the tale of Princess Kaguya. So it's it's definitely something that like it's it's very much how how I'm trying to think of like a old American tale that um, or Western tale that has aged that that, that kind of carries through generations that. But I, I'm losing all examples. Um, it also says uh, here that Naruto I, is also an inspiration for from this uh, folklore as well. It's probably like the, an arc in there too. Um, that's I would I would assume so. And and of course, um, the Inuyasha movie also takes place. Uh, to, to the movie, the second I guess the second movie uh, takes inspiration from it. So uh, it's it's an old story. It is an old story. So now it's only fitting. That uh, one of Japan's most highly respected animation houses, Studio Ghibli, tackles this fabled story. And as you said, both in, in regards to this film, you and I both know nothing about the tale of Princess Kaguya. Yeah, this is pretty much us going in blind, which is probably a first for us in the Ghibli verse. If unless I'm wrong, it's been a, it's been a long journey. Exactly. So. 
Um, uh, the one thing that, uh, without getting, uh, let's break it down before we break it down. So the Teller Princess Kaguya, this was released in, uh, November 23rd, 2013. So we, the, this, we just passed this ninth anniversary. Um, this was in Japan, it's Kaguya Hime no Moto, Monoga, Motogatari. Uh, that's a common, I think Monogatari is like used a lot in like Japanese animes. Uh, which I think that probably just means tale of, I think. Um. Uh, this was directed by Isa Takahara, screenplay by Isa Takahara, Enrico Sakaguchi. Of course, bell on the, based on the Bell and the Tale uh, the Tale of the Bamboo Cutter. Uh, this had a box, budget of five billion yen or forty nine million dollars, and box office of twenty seven million. So definitely not one of the highest selling ones, and, and there's probably reasons for that. Um, but let's go over the cast: uh, Chloe Grace Martz, uh, Mortz. Uh, she is Princess Ka- uh, Kaguya. Uh, Darren Chris is Tsuchimaru. Um, uh, James Kahn uh, is the bamboo cutter. Mary uh, Stenberg is his wife. Uh, Lucy Liu is Lady Sagami, who you'll recognize Lucy Liu very easily by her voice. Um, uh, and then there's a couple of other actors who don't really get names. Um, but other couple of best actors, James Mars is in this. Oliver Platt is in this. Daniel Kim is in this. He play, uh, you, you'll recognize him. He plays a counselor. Uh, Dean Cain um, is in this. Yeah, you'll and instantly then, recognize uh, the five princely simps in this movie. Yeah, it's John Cho, um, uh, uh, Bo Bridges, Dean Cain, um, James Marston, um, and then I can't. And then, so yeah, you, you'll recognize some of them. And there's even an anime voice actor I recognized. Um, uh, I think it's is it. Ben Diskin, I think, who's in this movie. He doesn't get credited. I heard he, Liam he O'Brien like, in this. No, he was... Okay, the guy I'm talking about, uh, when one of the princes is trying to bring that, that jewel tree, and he's like, this fucker owes me money. Yeah, that it's guy. Liam O'Brien. Oh, Liam O'Brien. I don't know why I get Ben... Okay, there's, there you go. So, like, yeah, Liam O'Brien is in this movie. Um, but, like, he just has that voice. Um, but what is the Tale of Princess Kaguya, you might be asking, Tyler? I don't know. Um, what is so, this? No, it, it is so the tale of bamboo cutter slash tale of princess Kaguya is at least in this context it is um he's a bamboo cutter he's cutting and you notice something grows out of the ground and out of it spurns a bamboo stalk and in it is a tiny thumb-sized girl um uh who it, he, he he takes home to show his wife um and uh and surprisingly what happens is they're showing her the wife and she has a kimono they don't they believe she probably they believe she is of divine presence because of her birth coming from a uh, a a bamboo stalk uh and then what happens is probably one of the craziest aspects of this movie she is a tiny human person um and then all of a sudden she's a newborn baby and so she pretty much morphs into a two-month-old baby and just grows very quickly pretty much yeah and 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 so basically the tale of princess kaguya is about kaguya herself the nature of her birth her growing up with her parents and her uh earth base and her father's basically rush for her happiness while also in lieu of his own happiness meanwhile the mother um is uh is kind of there to be like the uh the guiding hand to not do that bullshit today um in a way um so and, and it's pretty much her, like the first half of the movie is very much her growing up 
in the second half of the movie is her about being the very known Princess Kaguya and the myth about her beauty uh, and um, how um, what what like what men would do for her beauty and basically her f- what what is her fate? What does she want? And can ultimately can she try to defy fate as she defies everything else in her life? So. No spoilers, no anything like that. First instincts, Tyler. Um, they just base things. What did you think of this movie? All right. So the first thing I got to comment on the art style. It is oh, yeah. pretty striking, and all things considered, it's probably as unique as My Neighbors the Yamadas, but in a completely different way. Um, I'm trying to remember. Uh, I think it's like it. I think it's supposed to replicate. Um, Nihonga, which is traditional Japanese art, like that's the like like yeah, you can you'll definitely see, for... see it, especially when you see Kaguya fleeing the capital. Like it's probably one fleeing of the, the capital. Yeah, it's one of those scenes that just resonates in your mind the first time. You right? See it. Yeah, it, if it feels like, like like it doesn't look like a Ghibli movie at all. Like if you told me Studio Ghibli movie animated this, I would have called you crazy. Heck, I would have um, believed it. But, yeah, but uh, continue continue your point. Besides the animation. Um, yeah, that was pretty much it. Um, this is probably, uh, one of the more beautiful-looking, uh, Ghibli movies that we've seen in a while. Right, and I, and I think, and that says a lot, right, for a, for a, in a, a studio that is known for their, their aesthetics, their animation, their, their, uh, how they work, it, it is astounding, but this movie just stands above everything else, and I, like, they could have easily have animated this, made it look like a digital Ghibli movie, but the fact that they wanted, more than likely wanted to pay respect to the original tale, the original poem, and making it look like Japanese uh, painting art is, I think it's phenomenal. Um, and like you said, the most iconic thing is when Kaguya run, it runs away from the hot, from the uh, from the castle and her kimonos are flying off of her and then she's, it's just like real loud. It, it's, it's, it's something you can't, you can describe a lot of things in given movies, animations like the art style is one, not one thing. This thing you have to see. Um, however, and, I, and and while I do like the story, I don't know if this needed to be over two hours long. Yeah, it did feel like it dragged in a few places, but I don't think it really hampered the experience for me. No, not personally. I was feeling it at points um, because it is about a girl coming to her destiny and she grows up so basically the conflict of the movie is Kaguya and her fate um, and her and what everybody else wants around her versus listening to what she wants so it's a it's a there's probably a reason why this tale has survived for so long um, because you could that's probably relatable to a lot of people nowadays um, even still but like in, like I said the first instance is you know Let's let's focus on like the the relationship between her and her father because I feel like that's the most div- like conflict inducing relationship in this entire movie. I would say so, yeah. So pretty much he it's 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 the it's the um, bamboo cutter because he doesn't have a name. He's just known as father or the bamboo cutter. Um, he discovers her and and he calls her a princess. He's the one who ordains her as a princess, and he's the one who wants to. Um, uh, become princess and everything is fine right until he goes out i think he's just cutting more bamboo stock and then he sees a particular bamboo stock that's glowing um and when he cuts it 
it's nothing but gold, which is just another, like, I guess, sign from the gods. Um, so he decides with that money to basically, instead of, you know, like, to him, it's like fulfilling the promise that like she is not from this earth uh, and that I will take her and that she, can, she can't be happy out here. She cannot... He makes the ultimate decision without even consulting her. Granted, she's a young kid when, when this is happening. That she cannot be happy out here in the boonies. She has to be a lady of the court. She has to be a princess. So he takes that money and and gets a fucking mansion out of nowhere. It's crazy. Yeah, that's wild. Um, how did you feel about the, the Bamboo Cutter star- character arc where he starts off as this humble farmer to ultimately the middle way through like this very greedful like um you're not fuck your dreams it's about me but i'm it's 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 our dream kind of thing what did you think about that that arc for him i feel like it came off pretty naturally um it is something that can happen in real life um you know it's it's one of those uh uh power uh kind of uh corrupts you kind of deals and yeah i could see it uh happening Right, because it's never malicious, right? That's that's the thing about, because he he says it, he and he says this a lot. The Batman says this to Kaguya a lot, um, that like I'm doing this for your happiness, I'm doing this for you. But then like he'll drop in the mention like, well then I'll get to be this. Like the 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 I think the straw that broke the camel's back, and like possibly one of the most heartbreaking scenes is so Kaguya is, is like her one of like when she gets her name. She's not seen by anybody. They don't want her, anybody to see her. And her the myth of her beauty start, starts growing. That's like the whole consent about the myth. And um, so eventually she gets suitors. We'll talk about the suitors in a moment. Um, but she gets the... I, I think they don't call him the emperor, but I think he's just the high lord of the land, if I'm correct. That sounds right. And he gets his attention, and I will, and and the and the bamboo cutter goes to her and he goes, "You get to be one of his wives," implying he this fucker has a harem. Uh, and then when he starts talking, oh yeah, this this fucker has a harem. Um, and and Kaguya has a talked with with her father, and her and 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 the bamboo cutter immediately goes to like, "You get to be a high lady of the court. It's it's a high honor to be." A wife of, of of his of his Majesty, and then I'll get to be I'll get to wear a uh, an official hat or something. I think he says something along that line, but he's like, you can only be happy by doing this, but also because I get this thing out of this. It's very much like stage moms or or like sports dads who they maybe like they were they couldn't cut it, and not to say that the bamboo the bamboo cut a very lived a, a humble life, a very okay life. And he wanted to do all this initially to help his daughter to make his daughter live a happy life. That's all he wanted. But as you said, it's a it's a great step to it's it's a steep step to corrupting him, and then it became about his wishes, not necessarily her wishes. To which she replies, "If I if if you wish for me to marry the prince, to marry the king, I, I will do so." But knowing that as soon as I do and you get that and you become an official, I will kill myself. It was like that. That was the boldest thing in this movie to me when she said that to him. Yeah. Out of all the bullshit that Kaguya does uh, prior, um, just making that declaration is, it's heartbreaking, man. 
Yeah, and and like and you can see that like she's just she's like because she's been so Kaguya's whole thing going on her for a moment is that she she she's a country girl. She was raised out there uh, in this movie, and then she is like, how old would she say she's try, like when they move out, move into the mansion? Like maybe a teenager, thirteen years old, maybe probably um, around that age. But realistically, she could very well be three years old. Probably. We never really know, right? The aging thing gets weird in this movie. But let's just assume she's like a teenager. Um, and so she is trained to be a princess. So when eventually conflict happens, she doesn't raise her voice. She doesn't yell. She pretty just solemnly says, I will kill myself if you make me do this. Um, and what I like about her is that she knows what she wants. She knows what makes her happy. But... Um, and, and and she holds her ground on a lot of things, and I, I I really admire her in that, and her and her strength to persevere on despite that everybody, this despite the fact that she has all this money, uh, she has money, assuming because of the gold, the the attention, the admiration of all these men may or may not be a good thing for some people, but for some people that's a that's a thing, and then just servants everywhere, and like what more could you want? But that doesn't make her happy. And she's a great example that just because you come into something doesn't mean that's what you are entirely. Yeah, we've seen stories like this uh, in all sorts of media of the free spirit in a world that she doesn't feel she belongs in. But it's kind of the inverse where because you normally see this kind of thing in like the beginning, but this is in like the middle half. Exactly, yeah. And, and, And the big harrowing scene is when she's holding a party and the party isn't really about her. It's about the like everybody just wants to get there to get drunk, and then she runs away because uh, because of everything that's going on. And she goes back to the, I believe it's supposed to be where she grew up, right? Yeah, over um, in the mountains every, where she grew up in. Right, but everybody's gone because like all the land is barren. Um, like that's possibly like the most transformative scene for her, where she like realizes that like I have to do what I have to do. Um, I, I I'll you know. Um, but like, I really like her earnestness, even though she becomes a princess, like her frankness is possibly the best parts of the movie. Um, the suitor scene is amazing. Yeah. It's super rad the way that she handles it and it, and, uh, the payoff, uh, does uh, end up being cute, but ends up becoming much more horrifying for with every suitor that comes to pass. Yeah, so basically, um, she gets suitors uh, to come in, and she, of course, she has admirers, even though they've never seen her, um, because that's how it works. Like you, you're told that something is a great beauty, and you can't obtain it. Most men just want the chase; they don't necessarily want the person; they just want the chase. So um, they uh, they they bring they she like they tell her a story like about the jewel, the like a jewel tree. Uh, the, tr- the throat of a dr- uh, a stone from the throat of a dragon, various Japanese myths, and she's like, she's like, uh, you are like this treasure, but you will be the greatest treasure of them all. Like trying to flatter her up, you know. Basically, they basically, God, I feel like you could do a, a meme edit with this and just call them simp's the entire way because uh, you've never met this person. Um, <laughs> but she quickly turns it on them by basically saying, "All right, if 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 you really want to marry me, bring me this shit." And I was like, oh shit, that's yeah, that's fuck, basi- I love that's it. That's basically her way of saying, you'll never find these things, fuck off. Pretty much. So, 
because these are dudes, because these are lecherous men, and men are have always been lecherous. I'm I'm not generalizing, but it's it's a trait. It's Fuckers, true. be just 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 accept it and under and just hope you're not doing it. Um, the first guy comes back, and it's obviously not the tree of legend, the tree with the gemstones on it. And it's like, oh shit! And and first she's worried, right? She's like, shit! I said I would marry these clowns if they did this. And then this fuckery, like it's almost like instant karma, like from the gods, where the guy, the um, oh god, what's his that voice actor's name again? Remind me, um, uh, the jewel maker. Um, oh Liam O'Brien. Liam O'Brien just comes like, hey, this son of a bitch owes me money, and I won't lie, I was cackling. When he like hears them and he's just like, we gotta go. We and they go out the back <laughs> of the palace entrance. That was great. Um, and then that continues a little bit subsequently for where like they, and then you were saying the horrible shit that happens to some of these people. Yeah, it starts out instantly enough with the the fake uh, tree branch of jewels, uh, the the cloth uh, catching on fire. You know, right, that's that was all great. Nice. That's all well and good. The dude that goes out to sea to find the thing on a dragon's neck uh, actually uh, gets adrift at sea, and yeah. I, I assume he dies. And, Assuming uh, he dies, yeah. And the suitor, played by James Marston, um, gets outed by his actual wife, and that was that was funny. <laughs> it was that funny, was, but was... it's it's a point where Kagi is realizing that she's pretty much ruining these dudes' lives. And then the straw right. that breaks the camel's back is uh, the dude that uh, tries to get a baby bird from a hanging uh, bird's nest and ends up dying from a broken back. Yeah, it's 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 crazy. Um, like to the extent, um, and it and and this even culminates to when she meets the uh, the emperor, um, who uh, she he she rejects, and this fucker outright i'm not gonna say sexually assaults her because like the way but he basically said like so he says he notices her she says no she says if you make me marry this man i will kill myself and then um the emperor's like oh well she's he 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 takes it the way most guys still do now we're like oh she's just playing hard to get goes to her chambers and hugs her and grabs her from behind which is like Red flag, red flags everywhere, um, and and luckily she's able to use her um, her abilities and basically disappears for a moment, um, and uh, and like and like basically says like I just want to have your image of you burned into my eyes, um, and, and and it's terrifying, and like she's able to calmly handle the situation after she handles him but like the second he leaves she breaks down and it's and it's awful yeah it's horrifying and the revelation which we probably won't get into is equally as tragic um uh yeah so um it's it's awful it's it's like all this because of her beauty in 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 in, in this superficialness of it all like and she even says it like i'm fake this house is fake everything around me is fake like it's it's it, it's a real turning point for her and you can't help but but feel terrible for her um and then um so eventually what we learn 
when um, uh, so uh, as we know, she's of of uh, of divine birth because of the status. Um, we find out that she is she's she comes from the moon, and that she broke its laws, and that she wanted to be exiled to to Earth so she could experience you know a mortal life. Um, but when the emperor commits, I'm gonna say he basically sexually assaults her because yeah. he probably grabs something. Let's just say it. She begged the moon to help to hear her. Um, and then, and so basically the moon restored her memories. So she basically lost her memories when she came down to earth. And so, unfortunately, this is like the real sad part of the movie. Um, like the moon basically says, All right, we're coming for you in 15 days. You can't, it's a no refund policy, honey. Um, which is it's terrible. So uh, you have this reunitement with um, Sutimaru, who is uh, the young, a, very, a young boy who is in her village, and he kind of doesn't get enough screen time. You see him at the beginning of the movie when they're like, she's like a baby, she's literally a baby, um, and then you see him when he's getting attacked, and obviously, like I feel like maybe the time could have been set there, spending their life, but you could tell that she cared for him, and. They, even though this guy is married, had a kid with her, had a kid with another woman, he says to Kaguya, I will run away with you, I will go wherever you are, and ultimately it's just dreaming, um, as they have one more encounter together. I, I found the ending to this movie to be very bittersweet. It really is. Um, just her leaving, despite everything that she's, uh, gone through, really makes you tear up, especially when you see the the bamboo cutter and his wife uh pretty much pleading for her to not go yeah so it's 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 the the night of the 15th and the i guess this fucker bought a private army at some point um i don't remember when that happened but he did uh but it doesn't matter and uh come from the moon uh it comes the i guess the i guess i guess we call them celestial beings the army um, of golvez yes <laughs> um and they come up and um they're going, to, they're going to take her. Like, she she doesn't even fight. Like, she... It is, like, basically her fate. Like, they just pull her to her. Um, until, ultimately, uh, she's on the cloud. And once she puts on this robe, she will forget everything about her life as being a, a human being. Um, and is she is she really has this last emotional goodbye with the bamboo cutter, her father, and, and her mother. And it's, like, man, all... all like. That's the reason why people Disney-fy fairy tales. Like, this is... It's a it's a sad ending. It's a, it's a bittersweet ending. Like, like yes, yeah, she lived life, but it was a miserable life, according to her. Yeah, most of uh, her life is uh, full of wonder, as she said. But uh, the last half was kind of shitty. But sometimes you gotta take in the good and the bad. That's just how life is. Right. I, th- I, think that's, I think that's the ultimate take. Um... Uh, and Kaguya looks back there uh, one last time, uh, and now pretty much she only dreams about it. And like I like, granted, I wish this movie was a little bit shorter, but I don't know if I would have had the gut punch that ending would have had if I didn't have the time with her parents and her fending off the suitors and her like basically emotional trauma of dealing with her birth, her status, her myth everything that was completely out of control yeah even if if this is a fairy tale there are still shades of it that resonate in real life and it really does hit you in ways that you don't expect right exactly um you know sometimes you can't fight against the greater cosmos that beats against you and 
you ultimately just have to go with the wind and um uh that that's it's awful um it, it's it's like i wasn't i wasn't expecting to cry today because i was like i don't know what kind of tale this is but here we are like i can understand why this isn't as like talked about in terms of like ghibli originals or ghibli adaptations of things but damn if i won't say i wasn't impressed by it especially for someone who doesn't really know the tales uh the, the you know the tale of the bamboo cutter uh or read the like that original work yeah, for sure. Uh, this is probably one of the stronger films that we've seen in quite a while. For sure. I, I, I will definitely um, agree to that. Um, uh, I, like I said, I, I felt maybe I felt the weight. That could be a personal thing. But at the end of the day, I still really enjoyed uh, this movie. Um, is there anything anything I missed, Tyler? I don't think so, right? I think they covered everything. Okay. All right, so uh, yeah, uh, let's go ahead and give it a rating. How many moons out of five do you give the tale of Princess Kakuya? I will give this four and a half bamboo shoots out of five. This is a beautiful, uh, stunning, visually and conceptually uh, driven movie. Uh, this is something that um, I never would have expected to really enjoy, but. It's just one of those tales that says oldest time itself and is still kind of relevant to this day. I'm gonna get a, I'm gonna give it a three and a half for me. Um, number one, the art style is just di- like much like the main character in this movie, divine um, in how it looked and how even though it's very limited in terms of like facial expressions, you still were able to tell what was going on. Uh, a very wonderful tale, a bittersweet tale, but I think it's an important one to tell nonetheless. Um, I definitely want to watch this again at some point, um, and because I feel like there's a reason why this this tale keeps coming back over and over again. Um, okay, so uh, that's gonna do it for this week, ladies and gentlemen. We are officially into 2023. Uh, now, when we come back, uh, we will. Um, when we come back next week. Uh, we will be uh, reviewing the penultimate uh, movie of our Studio Marathon, which is where uh, when Marnie was there. Which again, another one. I, these last two, I don't think either of us have seen. Right? Uh, nope. This is a completely uh, new thing for me. All right. So we'll probably announce our poll on either either a poll or consensus, whichever Tyler and I decide on um, which. Uh, movie franchise or or whatever stipulation we go by it doesn't have to be a movie franchise it could be anything uh but that's just what we've been following so far but um we'll see you next week guys uh for where marnie was there but if you could tell the people where you, they can find you real quick tyler you can follow me on twitter at hey it's that tie check the pin tweet to take you to my youtube channel home attire shoes reviews where i review old ass fighting games for your pleasure and you can follow me at twitter.com slash marvelousiggy. You can check me at twitch.tv says iggy2814 on Twitch. And of course, go to track.com for this episode as well as other episodes. Thank you everybody for listening. We'll see you next week. Until then, uh, say hi to the moon for me. Bye. Hi, man. Thank you for watching at Cinema Shot Theater.